All right, what's going on, guys? Welcome to Forbidden Radio, Episode 4. I am Noah, joined by my co-host, Angel, and we have a special guest on the pod today. Hello, uh, hello, everyone. Go ahead and introduce yourself, sir. Hi, everyone. My name is Roberto Cuevas, and I am Cued. I am an independent filmmaker, artist, musician, and I do a little bit of everything, and happy to be here with these guys. Yes, and we are happy to have you. What? What? How should I say this? How how are you related to Forbidden Origins, uh, Cute? So I met uh, Armani and Eric back in 2021, if I'm not mistaken, at the very end of 2021. And uh, when we started, I was doing a bit of concept art for them. Mm-hmm. And then as we ended up you know, progressing and doing different things, different artwork, I ended up doing the book cover. And then that transformed into doing a cinematic trailer project. And now I am this sort of creative executive over at the company after being uh, an art director and a creative director over at the company uh, since we met. And yeah, it's been a fun kind of creative challenge trying to do all this expansive world building and trying to do this also cross-media storytelling. And it's been really, really fun. And getting to meet uh, all these new people, including you guys, has also been a huge treat. So yeah. yeah it's been great meeting you too. You really are a jack of all trades. You kind of do it all. I try, sort of out of necessity, um, uh, but I'm sure we'll get more into that a little bit later. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's fun. It's all it's all a fun experiment, a fun learning challenge, right? Uh, uh, but yeah. Oh, definitely. So there's something we should probably talk about real quick. You know, a little thing, a little project came out that I think all three of us were working on. Uh, oh, a little something? A little, little something. Yeah, something. a tiny little thing. <laughs> yeah, we are... are well, it's not the company's first book, but it's the first book that we've all worked on. Echoes of the Old Universe finally dropped, and it seems to be doing pretty well for an indie book. And I'm very proud of everybody here. So yes, yes, and I am proud of you both. I'm proud of I'm proud of the whole team who's worked on it too. Uh, seeing you all, as I had sort of mentioned a little bit uh, in, the, in a little video that I did about this, uh, seeing you all kind of come together and. Uh, participate in this sort of world building experiment and building out this world and the story has been really, really cool. And I think just on an indie level, it's not something I see done like ever. Uh, So I think it's just really impressive to see how you guys just kind of instantly formed your writers group and really came into your own and fleshed out all these really cool concepts. I think it's just so cool. Uh, So yeah, uh, so cool to see this finally drop. Uh, And uh, so excited to see kind of what everyone thinks about it uh, in the future, in the near future. Yeah, so if you're listening, make sure you head on over to Amazon. You know, if you want to buy a copy, go ahead. I won't force your hand. Uh, <laughs> if you like it, leave a review. Very exciting. I'll, I'll force you. I'll put a gun to your head and for, force <laughs> you to buy it. And I will gently persuade you uh, to <laughs> definitely check it out. Cute <laughs> will whisper sweet nothings into your ear. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, Keith, we have a couple questions for you. Um, I'm interested into like what got you into filmmaking. What what inspired you to you know, like pursue it in the way you have? Uh, this is a really good question, uh, and this is also fun for me because I can't remember the last time, if ever, I've done a podcast interview like this. So I feel so special. This is very very fun. Uh, thank you guys for doing this today. with me. Uh, but uh, when I, I was uh, when I was really young, when I was like in high school, I was like taking film classes and stuff uh, at this uh, co-op that I went to for homeschooled kids because I'm a homeschooled mm-hmm. kid. But we would go to this co-op where we would do a bunch of different creative arts classes. And I was pretty much doing everything there. I was doing uh, music stuff, guitar and bass and music production. And then I was performing a little bit in a drama club and such and doing theater with them. And then we would do these film classes. And I just remember having so much fun trying the stuff of making stuff with my friends. And then uh, after obviously moving away and then graduating, it just film was never something that I thought could be done at the level that I was at in terms of uh, having the resources to be able to do anything. So I sort of wrote it off just as something that just could not be done. So I didn't try it. And I ended up just throwing myself into doing these fun kind of digital photo manipulation, digital art, like experiments uh, from the throughout the 2010s, I guess. And then somewhere around the way, I ended up kind of getting these film ideas. And I was like, 
well, I need to learn how to do this. So fast forward to now, um, and I've pretty much just tried to learn everything I can about the process so that when the time comes, I can be able to make things. And along the way, it's been so fun being able to collaborate with different people and work on projects even like the old universe and be able to like help other people build their stuff. Uh, it's just been so cool. Um, but I've always loved movies. It's been something I've always been super interested in. And learning how they work and learning what makes them tick has been a really, really fruitful experience, especially in this sort of animation and VFX sort of uh, area. And I'm excited to do more of that and also live action stuff in the near future. Uh, I think there's a lot of fun opportunities. And I think the tools that are available make it so accessible now as a craft, which is really, really exciting for me. Definitely. I'm very excited to see what you do next. Uh, do you have a letterbox? Uh, yes, I do. I do have a letterbox. I am I'm not as it. as active on it as uh, as I should be. What about you guys? Are you guys on letterbox? Uh, no, honestly, I'm not much into movies. I do enjoy a good movie, but I'm sure. not the type to like, uh, you know, go out and watch like all the newest hottest films and then uh even less so like uh, log them into letterbox and stuff sure sure but i enjoy reading other people's reviews yes it can, it can be fun i think um we might be in regards to letterbox we might be moving away from the witty one-liner reviews now and now people are just being even more earnest which is great because for a while yeah. it was just only like witty one-liners um, yeah. But uh, uh, I love that the app is getting people to talk about movies. And yeah, I'm also just constantly discovering new movies on the platform, uh, like these random obscure foreign films I've never heard of before that I would pretend I knew about. Right. I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've totally know about that one. I've totally oh, definitely. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but but um, in regards to movies, though, yeah, I know you, you maybe say you're not uh, super not like a huge movie buff angel, but I'm yeah. curious about you guys. Like what? Are, what is your relationship to, uh, like, first off, like, what types of films do you like, if even if it's only a few? And also just in regards to stories. I know since you guys wrote on this project, you're probably a little bit into sci-fi fantasy. But I'm also just curious to Una Reverse card it on you guys. What what got you into this stuff? Oh, God. It's a reverse card. Great question. Not the Una yeah. Reverse card. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, is my trap card. <laughs> Angel, you can take this one, then I'll do after. Okay, uh, probably surprisingly to hear since I wrote a science fiction book or collabed on one, I am not very much into sci-fi. <sighs> like, I do enjoy a good sci-fi, but it's definitely not my top uh, genre. I much prefer fantasy. Uh, I prefer, you know, even just like, uh, I don't know what you would call it, real life, like modern day stuff over science fiction. Like, I've never seen Star Wars. I've never seen... Uh, even the new one, Rebel Moon. But I do find it interesting. So I definitely want to get into it more. But it's just never really been my genre. This was more of just kind of like, a, oh, I'll message Armani and Eric and see see if anything happens. I didn't really expect much of this. But I'm glad it came you know, to fruition. That's okay. so interesting. That's, that's so cool. Um, uh, contrary to what... A lot of other people may believe. I don't know that you even have to be a huge fan of a particular genre or a particular project to be good at storytelling, even in that field or even in that in that thing. Sometimes it's it's actually really refreshing to get that kind of perspective in a certain project, as long as there is a you know interest in the story itself. You know, um, so I think it's really cool, actually, really refreshing. What about you, Noah? Um, when it comes to movies, I kind of like everything. My dad raised me to basically like not just in movies but in music, um, books, comics. If I like it, then I'll wa- then like watch it, play it, read it. You know what I'm saying? And um, I love Star Wars. I- I've loved Star Wars since I was a little kid. I love science fiction. That's been my jam. Uh, I've said it again, and I always say it. Halo is a massive inspiration for me. Um, I love fantasy. Fantasy's always been a really um, interesting genre to me. What else? I agree with Angel that I do find like when he's like, I guess fiction is the closest thing I could like give to it that he was talking about. Um, I love Sons of Anarchy. I love Mayans MC. Um, Those are really cool. Like, I guess, modern fictional um, stories that I like. Uh, What else? The Sopranos. I I really love Um, stuff like that. You know, I like 
I could okay. When I come, let me put it this way, a, a good analogy I guess I could give you is video games. I will always play Call of Duty. I mean, I might skip I might skip a game or two here and there, but I will gladly play a Hideo Kojima game, something that will make me think. You know, what I'm saying basically, I like my fast food, but I also like really nice meals. You know, that's how I yes. the best way for me to yes. describe my <laughs> really taste in movies and stuff. You know, so. Yeah, all peak that you've listed uh, there, with a couple of exceptions with Sons of Anarchy and Mayans, I guess both being FX shows that I have not seen. I need to properly dive into the FX projects. Um, but uh, all peak that you've listed. And, Atlanta. Atlanta yeah. is really good, too. Yeah, 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 that is good. That's, I've seen a little bit of Atlanta. It's pretty, it's pretty great. And I'm also from Atlanta, too. So, uh, oh, I didn't, oh, didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and then you mentioned Star Wars. For me, that was obviously like one of the first things I saw. I apparently, when I was like three, like my mom took me to episode one. Was it? Was I three then when that was out? I must mm-hmm. have been three. Uh, uh, Star Wars is like the thing for me that really got me into everything. Um, uh, I remember, I vividly remember being six years old and going to see episode two. Uh, opening day, uh, uh, and just like falling in love with with everything, like uh, just everything from the world building, Coruscant to mm-hmm. to the clone battle, and like the first of the first big set piece, even on the, the huge set piece in Geonosis, and and everything. Um, and then obviously, I think it all just kind of crystallized with Episode Three, and then beyond that. Uh, movies like the Prince of Egypt in animation or uh, other films like North by Northwest by Alfred Hitchcock, things like that. Mm-hmm. Seeing those things when I was really young, I think it just was, it was kind of like, Oh, like this is, this is the coolest thing ever. I want to, I want to do that someday. Um, uh, and since uh, the last, throughout the last couple of years, I've been really trying to explore more foreign films and things like that too. Um, uh, a film I highly recommend if you guys ever find yourself watching, uh, wanting to watch a movie like this, Pather Panchali by uh, Satyajit Ray, if I'm, I probably am messing up his name, but uh, uh, incredible film. Pather Panchali is like, like, it's like a game changing film for me. It's so beautiful. Um, uh, but so many, so many incredible films and kind of like you guys, like I love sci-fi fantasy, but I also just love really thoughtful storytelling and mm-hmm. uh, really great dramas, character dramas and art house films and things like that too. You know, I love a little bit of everything um, and I love seeing what inspired or even influenced the favorite stories that I have and then going and checking out those things too. Uh, like Kurosawa's work, you know, which was a huge influence in Star Wars. Um, mm-hmm. So uh yeah it's just cool to be able to sort of pull from that large tapestry and try and figure out why these things are so effective why these things stick with us and what to learn from those incredible stories yeah i think overall uh genres don't really matter to me just as you were saying uh it's really all about the storytelling the characterization character arcs it's all so interesting to me, just being able to see like these characters that almost seem like real people with the way that they progress throughout their lives and throughout the story. Mm-hmm. I just find it so interesting. I agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think uh, something that I've been thinking a lot about lately is, you know, one of the common threads with a lot of these projects is they have a very strong point of view. You know, they're saying something yes. and mm-hmm. they're reflecting time and they're reflecting very real themes and 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 events and things that are happening in our everyday and uh that to me is also so inspiring because that can be really hard to do you know uh not necessarily having something to say but feeling brave enough to say that thing and feeling you know figuring out how to most effectively communicate that so it's effectively understood and it's not completely misinterpreted or you know uh or that people at least are able to understand and absorb that. Um, but I think it's so powerful. And I think like, uh, it's like magic to me, like the arts are like magic. So I think it's just uh, something that uh, is, is a real joy to be able to, to participate in and, 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 and create, create with, I think it's, uh, it's just so much fun. It's the thing that, that energizes me every day. Uh, so, yeah. No, that's, no, I agree. It's, 
incredibly like energizing. Uh, being on this team has given me a lot of motivation, and I think Angel would agree with me on that. So, Very much so, yeah. Okay, cute. Absolutely. Yellow lantern. Okay. Yellow lanterns. What? What's up with that? <laughs> okay i can give you a very very specific reference point for this um okay. uh, for context for anyone listening i constantly wear this yellow lantern ring uh and i have like a like like a superficial reason why and then like a real reason why uh and i have a complicated relationship with this too to a degree um uh the to go back to has to be 2012 i was constantly playing a game called dc universe online and i had my character invariance which is where i got my little independent studio name and art from and uh, i was a villain character in that game and i had so much fun created this whole community and was just constantly playing with all these really cool players and we would do these open world pvp raids on other uh, player bases it was so much fun oh my goodness uh and i remember doing a lot of the lantern <laughs> dlc uh, dlc stories oh my gosh i sound like such a nerd right now and uh that was my gateway into really like all of those characters the extended characters beyond just pal jordan john stewart green lanterns but like Arkillo and kilowog and, and and parallax and all those characters um so that was sort of my superficial connection and then uh, I thought to myself, like, oh, it'd be fun to do, like, some visual effects tests you know, a couple of years ago with Yellow Lanterns. Like, that'd be fun. So it was just a fun kind of uh, experiment. But the more I've uh, played around with it or the more I've thought about it, first, there's a bit of a complicated relationship. One of the people that worked on the thing, it's, it's tricky. Like, trying to separate the art from the artist is tricky because one of the people working on it is, turned out to not be such a great person. And it's just kind of, like, tough to... Oh well, it's weird. I have this relationship with this thing, but like now this thing is how, how do how do I separate that from from this, right? And so trying to yeah. find my own way to separate the the impact that those stories had on me at that time and the fun that I was able to gain from it uh, and be able to sort of cherish that separately and independently as much as I can. Uh, and I think since it was in a different package and in a different project, I am able to do that. But sometimes that is just not possible for me to do. And it's not possible for everybody to do. And I think people have to find that for themselves. Uh, but the Yellow Lanterns gain their power from fear. And it's this like taboo thing in the story because the Green Lanterns, they gain their power from will. And I think wearing the ring reminds me that I am probably going to always be afraid of certain things. And that fear will never go away, but it doesn't have to. And maybe I can live with that fear and become one with it and sort of understand that it exists, but not let it overtake my life. And also understand that yellow is not the only color. There are all the colors in the color spectrum and I can be all those colors at once. And the fear might be one of those colors, but it is not the only color. And that's sort of the reminder that I get from that ring. It sounds so cheesy. It might sound so cliche, but like, <laughs> it's sort of no, the no. thing that I think about uh, when I wear it. So yeah, that's a story for me. That's the, that's the weird connection with the yellow lens ring. Also just cause it just, it looks cool. The gold ring just of looks course. cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's probably like the main reason, the main reason, but, uh, and also because the lanterns create these constructs and they're creating things. And I find Ooh. such a, like I like oh that's so cool like they're creating something out of nothing from their imagination with these with these powers. Like so yeah, it's like it's fun. Yeah, yeah. But I hope that's that answers very your question a little bit. <laughs> well, thank you. Is it is it Jeff Johns the guy you were talking about? No, 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 not him, not him, not him. No, oh, um, one of the okay. artists that worked on one of the artists that worked on it um, has turned out to be not so great. Earlier, um, so it's like tough, right? You know, and yeah. it's like you're reading blog books and things like that. And I think it kind of goes back to kind of what we were talking about before of like, oh, like art says things, and you know, sometimes, sometimes the people making that art, sometimes they change, sometimes they turn out to not be great, and like you have to figure out sort of that 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 weird delineation between like like what what the message is and who is the message coming from and all of that. Uh, it, art is such a weird thing in that regard. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's interesting, but nevertheless, I'm still able to, uh, you know, no one person for me is 
the face or the creator of DC Comics, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's different with other things, right? Other projects might be very intrinsically linked with a certain creator, so it might be hard to to make that separation. But uh, in this case, DC Comics is such a broad thing that I'm able to just kind of just enjoy all of it and you know have a good time and. Uh, uh, just because one artist came in here and maybe they turned out to not be so great, it doesn't mean that I can't enjoy the rest of the work or whatever, um, just by nature of it being kind of an anthology thing. Because comic books were also something I really grew up loving and enjoying too. Um, uh, so, so yeah, uh, such an interesting, such an interesting kind of challenge that that happens as you get older, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure you both, I'm sure you both find find that to be true in your life where you're like oh you grow up and even with relating to craft or to things that you like sometimes your relationship to it changes right yeah yeah, Um, my relationship with harry potter kind of changed with the whole jk rowling thing yes yes just a little bit very much kind of what i was talking about like that's something that for me i can't really separate although the movies they exist in a certain time so i can Mm -hmm. watch those and like have a good time with them but like you're not gonna really see me going up for whatever new the new show mm-hmm. that they're making is. Yeah. Although also, even just as a nerd, I have my own thoughts about this. Why are you making the show when you have these movies and the movies are great? You know, right. like, why do this? You know, but that's a whole other thing. But, um, uh, okay. I have a bit of an agenda with this uh, podcast episode, if okay. I'm being super honest. Okay. Okay. I was thinking about this. Uh, sorry to hijack Angel and Noah. Sorry to hijack no, a little fine. bit. I'm scared um, yet intrigued. um in regards to creating things and i figured it'd be fitting to talk to you guys about this too since you both are putting into practice and making stuff uh my agenda is to encourage and motivate people on this podcast to feel like they can do it too so uh i'm telling you this agenda because maybe you guys can help me out with maybe coming up with specific questions or any thoughts or insights you guys may have about this as writers yourselves and storytellers. Uh, how do we motivate the people to feel like they can do what they want to do when sometimes, especially in today's day and age where we are under threat of automation, so to speak, or uh, you know, economic structures imposing such harsh limitations on people's ability to create, how do you su- suggest we motivate these people uh, or encourage them? I pass it to you two to start off with. Noah, you know, if you want to go ahead and start. Oh, you asshole. Um, <laughs> it's funny because even to this day, despite everything working with you guys, right? I, I don't know if it's something to do with my head, if maybe my head's rewired wrong. I don't know. But I I have a lot of depression. So when it comes to motivation, it can be very hard. Um, I will say that I have been working diligently now on the comic that I was going to do for Forbidden Origins uh, because of the success that I've been seeing with Echoes. Don't get me wrong. I, I like working. I like writing. I like doing all that. It's just the depression can be a shadow on me. Um, it sucks, but it's there. I got to deal with it. Um, but I guess the be- the best thing to do if you want to write, I noticed that my, I've thinking about it now. I've noticed that my, motivation for writing kind of came when i was like really working out a lot i guess maybe physically i was feeling good so that helped fuel my mind to feel good to sit down and write i think maybe that's there's a correlation there there has to be a correlation mm-hmm. there, I, I like mm-hmm. to think, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I, yes absolutely absolutely and for i haven't sure. been working out lately I, I know i need to do it i need to go back to it. my family has uh my mom's side especially a um genetic disposition for diabetes i gotta make sure i work out to like at least curb that yeah. you know what i'm saying so I-, I need to do that that for me personally that's what i know i think i need to do um it's not for everybody some people they just love to like stephen king the guy just he has manuscripts upon manuscripts in a vault at his like at his house because <laughs> yeah. he, he just writes yeah. that i wish i had that mind you know sure sure so I don't know if that exactly answered like on my end your question, but that's just like my thoughts. It does. It does. It does. It does. It does to a degree. Yes, absolutely. Well, first off, thank you for being open and 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 sharing that because I think uh, it's very real. Like uh, it's very very honest and and yeah, it motivation 
my motivation typically is like a is like a practice, not necessarily like yes an innate thing, right? But I guess I would ask the same question to you, Angel. Like like in regards to to maybe encouraging people who feel like they want to try this stuff, don't know where to start. Like talk a little bit about how you sort of find the space to be able to do this. Uh, yeah, I think the biggest thing is if you want to do anything, anything sort of creative or really anything in life, the key is to just do it right. Like I've always had this very paralyzing, like fear of being perceived sort of like yeah. uh, imposter yeah. syndrome and stuff. And just like, I've always been the type of person to just like recede into the background and try to not be noticed. So all of this stuff, writing, uh, you know, putting out a book, doing this podcast, it's all very new to me. And it was pretty scary at the beginning, but you know, you really do just get comfortable with it over time. So I think just starting is such a big, important step that a lot of people don't take. And I feel like it, it'll be such a big regret in your life if you don't. So I think if you want to do anything, any sort of creative thing, whether it be writing, music, film, anything like that, try it. Just give it a good old fashioned try, like the, the good old college try. Do Give it your best effort. You know, if it comes out good, great. If not, try again. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think that's it's it's both of you have touched on some interesting things that uh, I want to piggyback on a little bit uh, to start with Angel, kind of what Angel is saying. Yes. Like you have to, if you want to, you should really go for it and really take the swing. And one one really cool thing, just to hype you guys up a little bit more, um, all of you guys were so charismatic in your videos promoting Echoes. And I don't think I said this in the, I'm, I'm always a lurker. I don't really say a ton in the chat. I should say more. But you guys were so charismatic. Like you guys look like you always do videos and always talk about this stuff. Uh, and maybe you do, but I even just kind of going on what you're saying, Angel, like, you know, for some of you, it might not have necessarily been something you always do, right? Like yeah. you know, putting your face to the camera and be like, Hey, and you guys had such charismatic energy. It was like, it was like, these guys look like they are pros at this. Like they do this all the time. Um, so much. And uh, I think it, it, it's a testament to kind of what you're saying a little bit, Angel of like, you just do it. You just make the thing. You write the yeah. thing, and then you talk about the thing because you got to mm -hmm. talk about it because someone's got to know that you made it, right? Yeah. And and then to your point, Noah, about feeling good. This is something I think I have to also like, just you know, have to double down on in regards to motivation. I think so much of the rhetoric is like you must suffer and it must be terrible and it must be horrible for you and you must hate the process. And you must get through it. And it's like, no, 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 no. You got to feel good about what you're doing. You got to love what you're doing. You got to feel good and have fun. And especially today, having fun is like a discipline. It's like, that's the hard work now, right? Mm -hmm. In adulthood, right? Um, so doing what you want to do, doing what you feel led to do, and then having a good time while doing it are like the two best places to start and you both like listed them i think like that's that's so it's so true uh part of why i wanted to part or part of why that was my agenda was i feel like when i was first starting i wish i had known that it was possible to start learning and to start trying and to start making right mm -hmm. and that it was okay if it was bad first before it could be good. It was also okay if it was just good. And I don't have to, in my head, tell myself that it's bad because, well, I'm comparing it to this or that. Sometimes it just works. And I think your voice, your voices, Angel and Noah, and the whole group of originators, uh, Jay, Dillahan, Dominic, Seth, uh, 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 am I forgetting anyone? If, 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 am I forgetting anyone in that group? Uh, 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 I think you got us all. I think yeah. I got everyone. And then Eric and Armani. All of your voices matter. And your voice is something that is is intrinsically valuable. And that's something that no matter what happens with anything else, like nothing can really take that away from you, right? Mm -hmm. um, beyond that, 
if you have an idea, it's your responsibility to do something with the idea because it's yours and it came to you. And if you don't do something with the idea, I almost have this theory of like collective consciousness, like someone else might do it. Like someone else might do something like it. (laughs) Um, I've learned this recently um, in a very real way, which I will not get into and not in a like a super like, like it's, it's not something that is, is super, super close or anything, but even still just seeing the way these ideas sort of manifest and they sort of become these things that are pervasive everywhere. I think it's just really interesting, but yeah, no, go ahead. Just like, uh, sorry, no, just, um, I, I feel like it is your responsibility to do something with the idea and that should be freeing. Like you get to do something with the idea and you should feel encouraged to, uh, even if it feels difficult or even if it feels impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Very well put. Um, yeah. Speaking on the, uh, collective consciousness idea thing, I totally get that because I've had so many instances where I'll be like, oh, it would be so cool if like this or this or this, like I want to make that someday. And then I just don't, I'll put it off, you know, I'll come up with some other idea that I want to work on more. And then later on down the line, I'll see someone else like do something like eerily similar to what Mm -hmm. I was thinking. Yes. I'm like, wow, if I had only done it at the time, that could have been. Yes. I that it's it's an it's an interesting it's a weird occurrence when that happens. Mm-hmm. It's also validating because depending yeah. on who you talk to, uh, you know, the world might have you believe that your ideas are terrible and that no one wants them, and then you see that oh no, they're not terrible, and no, it can work, and no, it's not impossible. And having that belief in yourself, I feel like, is so valuable because yeah. then. You can not only see that, yes, it can work, but also you can be the person to put it out there and be able to learn so much from that experience. Yeah, it's funny when it comes to collective consciousness, um, I've been seeing a lot of like, okay, there's going to be a new Batman movie coming out, an animated movie, and it's, 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 I think it's called Batman Azteca. And the helmet. It looks good, but the helmet design kind of looks not. It's not the same um, animal, of course, because I want to do um, jaguars, the feather serpents, and, and eagles. Right? It's a bat, but the way the helmet is designed, I'm like that looks exactly like how I want the the helmet to like wrap around my characters. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just like, ah, oh, damn it! On a visual sense, it's kind of it's not like the exact same, but it is. It's kind of similar in a way. You know, yeah. So that's just motivating totally. me that I need to get at least that aspect of my superhero story out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Totally, totally. Because uh-huh. you know, people see people see that they're like, oh, this guy's ripping off the the Batman animated movie that came out. I'm like, nah, dude. Like, I I had this yeah. concept back in like 2017, but I had no way of really doing it because I didn't know what how to, I don't don't know how to draw. <laughs> you know, totally, so, totally. But and yeah, that's like, the, that always happens. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of the interesting things, Noah, about this is when you have that idea and it's like, what do you do? What? How do you do it? What do you know and what do you not know? And mm-hmm. what's the gap between skill and taste and all of those things, right? Uh, it can be really, really challenging to overcome those hurdles, especially when you're competing sometimes. And mm-hmm. even if you're not technically competing and you don't even view it as a competition, which I don't think it usually is anyway. But technically speaking, if you have some giant studio that's also starting at the same time as you, it can be tough to somehow find, again, that motivation or that encouragement to keep going and to figure out what to do if you maybe are not sure sort of how to do it. Um, but I still believe to a degree even if let's say something comes out after, you know, some other thing, um, it still only really helps your thing, right? Because yeah. then people at, at best, they're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, like, I like this. I like it. I like I like this vibe. And also, especially from your perspective, right? Like mm-hmm. your perspective on it still matters. Even if these other people are doing, let's say the same exact story you were doing, it would still be worthwhile to do what you're doing anyway. And the fact of the matter is they're not even doing the same exact story. So it's like, oh, that like little thing yeah. probably will be imperceptible to people at the yeah. at the same time, right? That's oh, actually ha- really interesting that you say that, um, the perspective thing. Because it's <laughs> true. If you gave 
let's say all of us in the originators team, if you gave all of us the same exact writing prompt with the same character, same location, mm -hmm. and told us here, write a story using these, they would all be vastly different. Yes, they would. They would. Uh, even, even just the project itself yeah. yielded massively different tones from everybody, right? Oh, yeah. And different character like like uh, perspectives and and framings and everything and which is just so which is so fun so you're absolutely right and like that's the one of the beautiful things about the almost limitless nature of creativity i mean i wouldn't say it's almost i think it is fairly limitless uh yeah. We should do yeah. that now. We should have a writing prompt. That should be Echoes Volume 2. It's it's a location and a set of characters. Just go wild with it. See what each yeah, character does. Exactly. It's, an, it's an alternate universe. Each story is an alternate universe. See what, like, what, what each characters do. That'd be so That'd fun. That'd be really cool. That'd be so fun. Um, uh, some, practical, some practical tips, if I could give any, in regards to uh, people wanting to do sort of what 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 we're kind of doing even at, at forbidden origins mm -hmm. um and actually i would actually pass that off to you guys first in regards to technical things about the process of writing are there any things you would suggest to any tips you would suggest to people uh you know if your previous tips or your, pre your previous advice was more sort of on the spiritual side and sort of the kind of the kind of emotional side of, of 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 starting projects and feeling good about doing those projects what would be some technical things you would suggest to people approaching storytelling like this uh that maybe want to do it even after reading something like echoes um have a mental breakdown wonder why you're doing this and then start typing <laughs> yeah well, that's pretty much the process <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's an interesting question cute because it's funny i i remember seeing pictures of people of everyone in the originators team um in the back then we had a text chat we didn't have a discord um uh, at that moment we weren't all on discord um the pictures of people taking like pictures of their screens and i'm seeing like sticky labels sticky notes on their their screen and shit of like ideas and stuff like almost everybody had this on their computer meanwhile my computer's clear and i just sit down and i just start writing and yeah I, and i yeah. i remember thinking like do you guys plan this shit out? Am I doing something wrong here? Like I, I just sit down, I just start writing, you know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, am I doing, am I doing something wrong? <laughs> but, um, I know everyone's process is different, is different. I do know that the, the best writers do tend to like plan it out. They have like a, like a planning board, which I do think I need to get one or at least I, I've lately, I have started doing that on Google docs. So I'll make like a planning list. So for example, I'm working on on this comic for Forbidden Origins, uh, the Voyax. It's about uh, these super soldiers in uh and Rocky in the Iraqi military, and I I wrote that. I have a Voyak plot board, uh, basically the basic scripts and the basic plot lines of how this comic's gonna go. It's gonna be a one shot, but even though it's a one shot, I feel like it'd be pretty good to plan it. So that's what I started doing. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like my new process, I guess. Before I would just sit down and just write away. Now I figure, you know what? Maybe it's easier to plan this out so I can visualize in my head what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. um totally. i think i think for everybody um that's what you should do granted it doesn't work for everybody like i told you guys be, when i was working on echoes with you guys i was just basically word vomiting it and then going back and doing um <laughs> doing um changes here and there you know so that was yeah. my my was my old process now i figured you know what We're, i'm getting paid now <laughs> i should huh. probably actually put a little more effort into the planning stage you know yeah so i think <laughs> for everybody try a little bit of planning you know, that's a good tip. That's a good tip. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, I Andrew. have two different ways of going about my writing process. The first one is over planning everything and trying to get every single last detail down in my in a Google Doc, just like almost a spreadsheet like where like every character's background and characterization and arcs and everything, every location, whatever. But honestly, that's kind of harder for me because then I get stuck in that like planning phase and I never end up writing it. And the other way I do ah. it is I kind of just, I'm a chronic daydreamer. Yeah. So just like all day, wherever I'm at, I'm daydreaming usually about something that I want to write. Mm -hmm. And so then I could just like jot down little notes. And then later when I'm at my computer, I could just go through those notes, you know, kind of go through that daydream again in my head. And cause I'm a very visual person in my head. So I like to see things, I guess, in my brain as I'm thinking them. 
Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. just looking down at my notes will kind of like jog that memory and then I'll be able to write it. But yeah, I think there's like two main ways of writing that I've heard of where it's like you're either uh, I forget what they call them, but it's basically you're either a planner or like a, a more like on the go on the fly writer where you kind of just sit down and write like Noah said. So I think either way could work for you. I think the key is just to try them. Try every possible way you can and then see what works for you. That's really that's really good advice too. Yeah, like I said, you guys are pros. You guys are pros, guys. <laughs> yeah, this is really, really good. Really, really good advice. Um uh okay, I've got some practical some practical suggestions. Okay. Uh, a few of them. All right. If you guys if, if anyone listening and if anyone listening wants to do any sort of Cross-media storytelling of any kind. If you're wanting to write, the Angel and Noah have already given some really great advice on that. And, uh, you know, the other thing I would just suggest is just, yeah, like, uh, don't be afraid of the second draft. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but, you know, uh, but beyond that, uh, uh, there are so many different ways to approach it. In regards to what do you do after you've written something and you want to make it? Some practical suggestions. If you're trying to do something and all you have is your phone, that is just fine. You can film it with your iPhone or your Android phone now. Get the Black Magic Camera app. This is not sponsored, by the way. None of these things are sponsored. Although, yet. I'm not sponsored yet. I probably will need to be sponsored soon at some point. But uh, get the Black Magic Camera app. Uh, even get diffusion filters or camera filters for your lens, like the ones from Polar Pro. Those are very good. Uh, then get yourself a few different apps. Uh, I like to use Art Studio Pro to do matte paintings. I like to use Node Video for visual effects. Uh, I like to use LumaFusion to edit everything together. And then boom, you've made something with your phone. You can even get a portable little light to light your scenes. And if you have a tripod, that would be ideal, or a gimbal of some kind, that also would be ideal, unless you want to be super rugged, run and gun, which you could totally do, and that can be just as effective. And if you want to do stuff elsewhere, uh, get yourself either some kind of some kind of camera. It's, all of the different cameras now are just so good, and like they have like insanely good image quality now. So it doesn't really matter what camera you use. If you're really a stickler, you could get the Blackmagic cameras that are available, uh, pocket Cine cameras. Um, you could also, uh, you, if you're trying to do any sort of editing or things like that, you can. I think there are things like DaVinci Resolve, mm-hmm. and yeah. there are all these other tools you can use. Uh, if you're wanting to do any sort of animation, Cascader is really fun. I really like Cascader. I think it's an underrated tool, but also, obviously everyone knows about Blender and everyone knows about Unreal Engine, which Unreal Engine is like my go-to to stage different, uh, like v- fantastical visual effects sequences and to be able to kind of do it in real time. And then you can even use tools like Nuke or After Effects to be able to do post-processing. But there you go. You've got your tools and you can find some tools that you can afford and that you can get your hands on. And there's no excuse now not to do it when you want to. It's got to be when you want to do it. I don't think yeah. you should be forced to do it. But mm-hmm. uh, And then beyond that, um, the, those are just tools. And the tools are really just an extension of your voice. So feel free to break the rules. Feel free to use them how you want to. And watch a ton of stuff, read a ton of stuff, and engage with the things that you want to make stuff in the same vein of, even if you're wanting to do game development, like same kind of thing, figure out what games you like, and then try and learn how they're made. Try and learn what you would need to learn to understand the programming logic and things like that. And then from there, you'll understand the language of any craft you want to learn. And then you know you can make it sing and if you want to make music you can do that too <laughs> you know there's so much you could do um uh just as long as you trust your voice and 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 go and make the thing you want to make i think if you're needing the motivation or encouragement to do it uh well i can give you permission i don't think you need my permission but i can give you permission okay and now you have no excuse uh so yeah uh, but those are some practical suggestions uh for anyone out there but yeah that- that's all very, very good suggestions and very, very practical. And I think personally, I will be taking some of that. 
Yes, of course. Okay, great, great. This is awesome. You're speaking directly to me right now. Yeah, you're talking to us. Um, I will say this uh, for anyone listening: Cute is an incredibly talented filmmaker. The thing that he's done with um, iPhone um, filmmaking is phenomenal. Go check out his page. He's done some really cool shit, and I do believe he will be getting sponsored sometime sooner rather rather than rather than later. So thank you. That's very kind of you, Noah. That's very kind of you. I appreciate it immensely. Yeah. Okay. I got a question. You have you read the entire book, Echoes? I am. I am. I have to dive into all of this. I have not read any of it yet. So the other day when you were like, "Oh, oh yeah, you really <laughs> like the book," I'm like, I have read the cliff notes of everything. I know all the <laughs> chapters and stuff, but I now need to dive in and really read everything. Also because like I was following along while you guys were developing it and like checking in. Armani and Eric would tell me, "Oh, this is this is what this is what their story is. This is what that story is." So like I am now feel like i'm at a place where i have enough space from it to where i can kind of dive in just as a reader uh and sort of experience it all very fresh yes uh to answer your question but i'm excited to do this i'm excited to do this with my proof copy i still have a proof copy with the giant label on it kind of like what i was mentioning in my video uh but it's still fire still fire uh this will be worth several several thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars in the future you know because uh, uh, you guys are on the ground floor right now, but you guys are going to be hitting the big time before it won't be too long before you're hitting the big time. Uh, and then, yeah, boom, uh, forbidden origin stock up, right? <laughs> the graph emoji, uh, just spamming the graph emojis. How how far do you think uh, FO is going to go, Cute? I, I haven't been able to ask you that yet, but I feel like I feel like we're going to within the next five years, we're going to we're going to hit it big probably sooner. But I've asked Eric and yes. Armani that question. I was curious to know, like, what what's your what's your thought process on Forbidden Origins as a whole? Like, what what drew you to it? How how far do you think you personally will go go with it, and how far do you think we'll get? Uh, it will go very far. Um, in my belief, I, I I pride myself on being good at predicting industry trends. Uh, I have not always gotten it right, but I would feel like eh, it's like like eighty twenty eighty twenty. Um, uh, 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 to toot my own horn a little bit, but <laughs> yes, I believe Forbidden Origins will go very far. I think also they're in a position to, and I think there is, especially now, the timing I think is very interesting. I think uh, when you have a team like this of people who are hungry and like want to do stuff for the sake of it and also have the creative freedom to be able to execute on their various ideas... I think you can move really fast, actually. Not that speed is the only thing that matters, but I think we take for granted just how long the process can be at the top of the pyramid in these giant studios, just because there are so many checks and balances to go through and so many people to approve the vision based on how they're feeling that day, based on their ego, based on whatever. And none of that really exists here. It's really just pure creativity and and excitement. And I feel like when you do stuff that you're excited about constantly and you pursue that creative practice day in, day out, there's really no choice for it, but for it to work. And it's really a question of when, not if. And I think if the current momentum is any indicator, yeah, I think I think that five-year window is exactly kind of what I would say, but I think it's also going to happen sooner, just like you do. So what drew me to this was, I think, as someone who has wanted to be a part of other big world-building projects, even like the ones that I dream of, like Star Wars and DC, you know, those are really cool. But at the same time, because they are so huge now, there is sometimes less of an opportunity to make a huge creative impact yeah, with something like that. Already. Because yeah. it, exactly, it's so established. So when they came to me and we were talking about different things and then we stumbled into doing cinematic stuff, it was like, oh, this is so fun. And as someone who has their own world that they're building and is trying to build that, I kind of saw it as a way to test some of my own thoughts and my own ideas sort of out on a bl- on a different canvas, one where I didn't come up with these characters, I didn't come up with the story, and it was my job to kind of help adapt the characters. And uh, the learning experience has been worth its own weight in gold. And that has been one of the most fruitful things about this. And working with people like, you know, I call them Sorcerer Armani and Prince Eric, 
um, working with them and finding just such a fun, creative collaboration in that has been really exciting because I've worked with different clients before and it can be really stifling when you work with people that don't trust your creative vision and that don't give you the freedom to be able to try anything. And working with them has been so refreshing and it's shown me sort of what this process should be like. And I now know as I now try tackling my own project and helping produce other people's projects, I know now we need to maintain that kind of spirit. We need to maintain that kind of energy on all of this. Like it needs to be fun. Um, Eric and Armani are so trusting and they are so uh, giving in the process too. Uh, whatever you need, <laughs> they'll, they'll do their best to, 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 to help you out. And also they're not super, I don't know, like they're not, I don't know what the best way to, to, to say it, but they're not so hard line on everything. They're very, very open and very flexible and, yeah. Even for someone like me who doesn't even really want to change much, like, I'm not trying to change anything, but just nice to feel at home and to feel trusted in that kind of creative partnership. And I think uh, the fact that they figured this out so early bodes well for their future endeavors and for the rest of the team, because cultivating that culture is so important. And I think a lot of people wait to cultivate that culture until they do find success, almost because they don't expect success and then they find success and then they don't know what to do. And then they're like, Oh shoot. And now everyone's trying to figure out like what to do. But thankfully they feel like we've got a good foundation here and uh, it's so fun to be a part of it. And uh, to also just collaborate with like-minded people, even like you guys who like we all can share in our passion for this stuff together, I think is, is awesome too. Because I can take it for granted, but not everyone has that. And uh, the people that do have it sometimes might not always have the environment or the space to be able to let that thrive. So, uh, so yeah, it's just cool to kind of be a part of this with everyone and to create cool stuff. Because that's also really, that's, that's, that's the fun of it. What do I make, what do I make cool stuff with, it, with, with my friends? That's the dream. Not to make a ton of money somewhere or whatever. I feel yeah. like uh, the money will come, the resources will come, but... Uh, at the core, if I can do what I want to do right now with the people I want to do it with, then I can always do that. And that can be the baseline. You know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I also, I was very surprised when I, yeah, thank you. Uh, I was very surprised when I, you know, when I first started talking to Eric and Armani and just at just how receptive they were to new ideas. Yeah. Because, when I emailed them the first time, uh, basically applying, I guess, for this position on the team, I was expecting to just be like another like writer drone bot, like just writing whatever they wanted me to. So I didn't really expect to be as creatively uh, free, I guess, as I re- as I am with them. And they're, they like encourage me to come up with new ideas for their universe, which I think is very, just very telling of how they are. So cool. So good. It's just so awesome. Uh, that openness is, it, it, it enables so much creativity and, yeah. and, and you know it when it's there and you know it when it's not there, you know, and oh, once you yeah. have it, it's like, it's impossible to go back. And it's motivating, not even just for projects within their world. It's motivating me to, you know, work on my own stuff because th- this just feels like a, an outlet, I guess, for all this pent up creativity that I've been having. Totally. Totally. No, I, yeah, no, I, I get it. Um, my, what drew me to Forbidden Origins was just the camaraderie that that just emit, like emanated from both Eric and Armani. They're 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 very very um, charismatic. They're very enthusiastic. Yeah, and I, something about their that TikTok that they put out made me want to work with them. And it's funny because thinking about it, I I had actually came across them before. They were they would put out these writing prompts on TikTok. And something about it seemed kind of cheesy to cheesy to me. <laughs> I it's because I would look in the in the comment section, and I would see people writing shit, and I would just start to like roll my eyes, and be like, "Okay, guys." Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, like like uber dramatic shit, and I'm just like, "Okay, all right, guys, I get it." It's like it felt like the comment section of a of like a medieval fantasy video game soundtrack where everyone thinks <laughs> they're a poet, 
you know? Yeah. And, <laughs> and then later, you know, of course, that TikTok came out. And then I revisited those prompts. And I'm like, no, these are actually pretty cool. I still think the people commenting are cheesy, but I think this is actually pretty cool that they put this out there for people totally. to like to like get their brain going, you know? Yeah. So I don't know it's something about this company. I'm really, really excited to see where it goes, you know? Absolutely. Because something else I just had to say was Armani and Eric have taken a very big swing with a very, very large, exciting, compelling idea. And they're real visionaries here. And that's the other thing that really drew me to them was like, they are such visionaries with, with this, with the story that they've crafted. And it came from such a pure place of like childhood imagination and excitement. And it's something that was very evident when I met them just to see that they really believed in it. I think is, I mean, there's nothing else I needed, right. But to mm -hmm. see that belief sort of reflected in just the way they lit up when they talked about it. And also it helped that the hook was really strong. It helped that the story was really interesting and it was a blend of all the things I liked. And I'm like, Oh, okay, well, cool. Let's do it. Let's do it. This is awesome. Uh, so been so fun to be able to create within the sandbox. And uh, I'm a big believer in creating with people uh, across, right? Uh, when I was younger, I was trying to find opportunities to network up and to network like at places where like it, it's me trying to climb some sort of ladder and then the people that own the ladder feeling like they've done me a favor, you know, right. For letting me climb it. And in the end, that's not really the rewarding thing. The rewarding thing is being able to create with like-minded people and you, you can grow together and you can evolve together and build something meaningful from the ground up. And I feel like that's something that has been a real perspective shift for me over these years, realizing the value in that and uh, realizing that even my favorite things, they all started from the same point of, of being ground floor. And that's where the magic happens. And now I like, I like live for, for that magic. I'm like, Oh, this is this, the fun, this is the fun part. Building this stuff is the fun part. The process yeah. is the fun part. That's the reward. Now, anything else now that comes afterwards is icing on the cake, but, uh, you know, this is what's fun and this is what's exciting. Yeah, I mean, like what you were talking about how like, uh, you know, the money will come like eventually, but I I feel like I've never really cared about money. Like if I make zero dollars off Echoes, like I'll still have be I'll still be so grateful to even have this opportunity. Like uh, absolutely. this is what absolutely. I care about. Like, absolutely. you know, yeah, people are, or like in school when, you know, teachers would be like name like one greatest accomplishment of yours or like one thing that you're proud of i was always the type of person where i didn't know what to put but it's like now eric and armani have given me the opportunity to you know create my own achievements and that's that's really beautiful too it's really it's really wholesome i think it's uh <laughs> uh it's super encouraging to hear you're to talk to two people who who have believed in their have believed in their own sort of dreams and entrusted their own voice to be able to create something. I think it's, it's yeah. something you should both be immensely proud of. Everyone in the group should be proud of that. And, uh, uh, I'm very proud of everyone's work. Uh, and, and I'm super, and I'm super excited to really dive in to see just how deep this rabbit hole went with everyone. I'm very, 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 very much looking forward to this. Yeah. I don't know, Angel. I, I, I get the sentiment, but I also do, uh, want to make some money because god damn it am i tired of working working these stupid <laughs> yeah. ass jobs you know oh, no, you'll find that you'll find you'll find those resources uh in, in 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 i do not believe you will have to wait too long for those resources to start to show up as you're as you're doing this you both have too much going for you for for that to not for that to not work itself out so uh just a matter of of, of when not if right yeah. yeah, there's a there's a Vegeta quote from Dragon Ball Z abridged. It's um, first the Dragon Balls, then the bitches. And honestly, like that, that's, that's what I'm writing off of right now. First, we get these books out, um, out these comics out, and then the women. 
we go from there sure. Baby. <laughs> sure sure and then all of the the fun uh, adventures of life right the, yeah, co- the cocaine orgies are going to be amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll let you guys. I'll let you guys knock yourself out with that. Yeah, I'm that's pl- not really cute. my speed. <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I kid. I kid. I kid. Of course. Of course. Um, of course. No. Okay. Dune. What are we expecting from Dune Part Two? I don't have much to say about this. I'm going to keep it to uh, one sentence. I look forward to seeing it. Yeah, I'm watching it at eight o'clock today on my time. Oh, oh nice. Boy. Nice. Yeah, I, I am hoping. Did you did you like the first one? Oh, the first one is 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 just a visual is a visual a visually immaculate uh, masterwork to me. Like I think it's just I think it's so so incredible. Uh, and Villeneuve is one of my favorite filmmakers. Uh, mm. So I much like I mean I have drunk the Kool Aid right just like everybody else. Yes. Uh, but uh, also it's just it's just incredible just to see s- someone be able to do thoughtful storytelling even in the blockbuster filmmaking space i also yes. really love what christopher nolan is doing i love what a lot of these filmmakers are doing in this space kind of still making challenging work that is also just awesome to watch yes. and awe-inspiring to watch so yes i'm looking forward to it what about you enjoy you gonna watch june part two uh, I haven't even seen the first one, but I do want to watch it. It's been on my list for so long. I just have not gotten around to watching it. It's just, it's so long. It's very, uh, I guess, intimidating. But I have, I've I heard have, nothing no, but good things. Damn, I keep interrupting you, man. I'm my bad. No, you're fine. You're fine. I have a tinfoil hat theory. You guys want to hear it? What is it? Um, I think Eric and Armani timed the release of Echoes to coincide with the release of Dune because I feel like tone-wise, they're very similar. <laughs> I <laughs> actually smart. Hey, a very big brain decision if true. Yeah. They're gonna yeah, retroactively not. be like, yeah, we totally did that. No, yeah, we totally yeah, yeah, now they're gonna <laughs> take, take the the um the definitely wasn't there. accidental at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um we are at an hour two minutes, guys. Do you guys wanna go for a couple minutes uh, more or do you guys want to end it here? What do you guys think? Well, uh, I do have to watch Dune one with my brother in about in about tenish in about five to tenish minutes. Oh, okay. we'll let you go then. I can. I mean, I, oh. but any final any final questions that you have or anything? Uh, uh, I feel like I've, I've I feel like uh, with with my agenda now out of the way. Any <laughs> questions or thoughts you or things you're curious about that I can answer or help give insight on? Angel. Um. No, I was just going to thank you for coming on. Uh, this was almost like a therapy session, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I came out of this for the better. Same. I am just, uh, well, obviously, thank you for, for having me. Uh, I am on a kick lately of feeling so excited about these creative endeavors in this near future. I really am. I, I think that... There's so much that's possible now. And also, I don't say that lightly. Again, I think that there are very real threats to human artists right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that I will eat those threats and chew on them for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yes, sir. Uh, humans cool. will be left standing. Um, uh, but nevertheless, I remain incredibly excited. Uh, day in, day out lately, I've just been doing a lot of 3D animation stuff. And working on the bones of something very cool that I hope to show off at some point in the future, uh, but still very early stages with everything. Um, so uh, very excited, and I hope everyone listening, and I hope you too, I hope everyone is also excited because there is a need for you as artists and as creators and as storytellers. The world needs you, arguably now more than ever. And it's important to remember your responsibility to to your own ideas, your own dreams, and to the craft and to the collective craft, right? Mm-hmm. This is a very, very sacred thing at, at some level too. So it's important to remember that and to not take it lightly. Some people don't understand the responsibility they have to the craft and to the people working in that craft as well um so it's important to remember that but also be excited and to be encouraged and energized to go 
make the things you want to see, go tell your stories, and trust your voice always. Very well put. Yeah. Well, my motivation cap is now officially off. Uh, but again, <laughs> thank you too for this wonderful, wonderful uh, first podcast interview for me, I think. I think this is wow. the first, which is very special. And I'm super happy about it. This is wonderful. Uh, uh, of course, it's always a pleasure chatting with two uh, absolutely dashing, charismatic fellows such as yourselves. Thank you and, so much. Uh, I extend this same sentiment to the rest of the Originators crew and to the rest of Urban Origins crew and to everyone listening. Uh, uh, you all are wonderful. So go be wonderful. <laughs> Thank you, Q. You're wonderful, Q. Um, if you want to find him, look him up at uh, Qed or I am Qed on. Is that basically just everything? Qed? Yeah, I am Qed everywhere. You can find me everywhere at I am Qed. Yeah, support the man. He's got some really cool shit um, already out, and I'm. I have a feeling he's going to be coming up with re- really cool stuff um, in the future too. Um, hey, well, thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> anytime, man. Anytime, I will no be. Pressure. We'll be... No pressure now. <laughs> oh man, no pressure. <laughs> We'll be glad to have you back, too. So Absolutely. Angel, Noah, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Anytime. The pleasure's been ours. All right, guys. Thank Absolutely. you so much for joining us for Forbidden Radio Episode 4. Um, I'm Noah. I joined with Angel and Cute. We will see you guys later. Bye.